welcome to the Positive View podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. Today, we're talking about how to manage stress. Yes. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to discuss our mission from last week. So each week we take a mission to try to work on the topics that we talked about. And last week we discussed developing and improving our emotional intelligence. Our mission was to identify one or two things that trigger our emotions. Christy, how did that go for you? You know, it went really great. I uh, realized there were a couple of different things that were triggering me. Like some is the idea of what it is that I want to do. Like that was a very triggering uh, idea, uh, triggering thought. And then um, also I was like working to like work within that to just try to get myself going, if that makes any sense. So basically I, I you know, I decided I was going to not only look at what was triggering me, which was the... Um, uh, for me, like what triggers anxiety is this feel that I have to know the unknown, unknowable. Mm-hmm. Like I, like there's this pressure to get the answer right all the time. And what I'm really leaning into is more the idea that when there's a question, I get to have an answer and it's okay to be wrong because being wrong can lead to the right answer. And it's an opportunity just to learn over and over again. And so that's one of the biggest things that like triggers me that and the idea that I'm powerless over, you know, some circumstances such as for me, one of the big ones is health. And so I was deliberately just looking at that. And uh, for instance, this week, one of the techniques I was trying to use is to use forward motion to help me with stress, which will come into the episode later. But um, me getting into forward motion, sometimes, you know, with walking, I end up in a lot of pain and I'm trying to find the right amount of walking that lets me be energized instead Mm -hmm. of depleted. And the first time I tried it, like I did a couple of weeks ago, I uh, overwalked and I realized what I was doing was I was listening to podcasts. And so I find the podcast so interesting. I don't want to stop walking. And then when I get home and I stretch and then I'm exhausted for the rest of the day, what I usually tell myself is you've done effed it up again, Christy. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I've got a lot of negative self talk. And what it is, is what triggers me is getting it wrong. And what I told myself was, okay, this is the information we needed. This is too much. Let's try again tomorrow. And I was able to, instead of giving myself the negative talk about um, getting it wrong, it was good for you for trying. And uh, let's try and do it a little bit lighter tomorrow because my hope is that I find just a little bit of activity that I can do more regularly instead of overdoing it and then having to stop because I'm in a lot of pain. And so I felt like it was a really, uh, a much more emotionally intelligent way to tackle um, my, my health issues. That's great. Oh, that's, I I really appreciate uh, hearing about that. And especially the uh, learning um, or recognizing a a way to, a better way to essentially talk to yourself or talk about yourself or (laughs) I'm not sure what the right phrase is there. Um, But just that opportunity to be uh, a little kinder uh, and maybe um, even more I don't know, realistic, if that's the right word. I'm struggling here with the words, but, um, but ultimately, you know, taking it a little bit easier on yourself. I think, um, you know, and we'll get into this 
in the episode as we're talking more about stress, but my um, opportunity to recognize emotional triggers or an emotional trigger rather uh, came in relation to also being very stressed this week um, and recognizing So I had an interaction with a colleague that just left me kind of like with all of this frustrated kind of energy and I couldn't figure out, one, I couldn't figure out how I let myself kind of get that far into it, but we had a conversation. She was asking a question. I gave an answer that she didn't either understand or wanted to keep kind of debating about and there really wasn't, it wasn't up for debate. It was what's, I I don't understand this. I gave the answer, you know, to her question, but it was as if, you know, there, I I felt like the the conversation took an hour. (laughs) In reality, we were probably on the phone for 10 minutes, but in, you know, in the setting of high stress for me this week, that 10 minutes felt like an hour. And I just felt like I was going round and round. And I just, again, came, I found myself, getting shorter and shorter, like temperament wise, with that her in that conversation. And I I left the conversation just feeling like, again, very frustrated and um, upset, not only that I had, you know, that I kind of got pulled into that kind of a conversation, but also then that I let my behavior change because of how frustrated I was getting and how stressed out I was. So it really came down to uh, having to have, you know, uh, again, that internal conversation, I guess, with myself to, to, to do a check-in and say, why am I feeling this way? Uh, and recognizing, you know, it was frustration. It was a little bit of anger uh, about like someone not, I guess, seeing the bigger picture. I think that sometimes is something that triggers me is I get a little upset when it seems like uh, an individual's focus is just solely on what's happening or affecting them and not being able to see the wider kind of picture of what's happening. Um, And so it was really an interesting and of course it was happening kind of like towards the end of the day when you just want to, you know, after a long day, you just want to wrap up and yep. go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I was feeling like, please, can we just get off the phone? Cause I've got so much more to do and I just want to, you know, be done for the day. But being able to recognize all of that as, you know, just kind of a, not an excuse for my behavior, but understanding it as a trigger so that I can you know, should I find myself in that space again, and particularly with this individual? And that was another reason I was frustrated is because this is just in just a, a part of conversation with this particular person. And so I was kind of mad at myself too, for just getting sucked into that. So that added a whole other layer to it. So it really was an opportunity to kind of understand that what what was triggering that and why I found myself like staying in that conversation is I do feel like I just, if someone asks me a question and I give an answer, I want them to understand the answer. And what I recognized is sometimes people just aren't going to understand it. Sometimes things just have to happen in a particular way. And there just isn't a lot of control over that. And I only get frustrated trying to explain situations 
like that and I just need to stop. And, and at some point, you know, I maybe could have helped that entire situation by saying, I'm sorry uh, that this isn't more palatable or I'm sorry that it's not something that you're, you know, able to understand, but this is, this is the answer I have for you. And it is the best, you know, the best I can do in this moment and just leave it at that. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because both of our answers dealt with a lot of, okay, so we've recognized the trigger, but what do we do now? You know, and, and, and both of our triggers were stressful. And that is that does bring us to what we're talking about this week is we're talking about stress and how to manage stress. So, mm-hmm. Brianna, how to manage stress and, and stress in general, what does that look like for you? Oh, my goodness. It can look, oh, man, it's so varied, right? And it can be, uh, we talked about it a little bit, there can be kind of the good stress that pushes you forward. And then there can be the, the what feels like the bad stress, which, which, you know, sometimes makes me feel like I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, but I think what it looks like for me um, is an initial... Um, an initial kind of recognition that's like, okay, something's going on. <laughs> something's not right here. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, but it is, there's there's like a certain level that it becomes um, noticeable. And from there, you know, it starts this cascade of trying to figure out, okay, what's, okay, so no, something's not right. So what do I, what am I feeling? Uh, why am I stressed? And is there anything I can do about it uh, in this moment. And what I'm becoming more aware of now as I'm working on my emotional intelligence and just some other personal things is trying to recognize where stress happens in my body, because that's usually an indicator of, okay, what can I, or or at least helps me identify, okay, what are some of the things I can employ to get myself, you know, out of this little stress trench. I don't know what you want to call it. How about you? What's that look like for you? Yeah, I know what you mean by like the stress trench or the stress, whatever, you know, it can look, it can look, you know, it, I have, I have like, of course, everybody has like variable amounts of stress, but I find sometimes when I'm mildly stressed, I don't notice. I just find myself being a little bit short tempered, a little bit irritable. And then if I don't notice for even longer, it builds, it builds, it builds. And then you know, uh, Hulk smash, you know what I mean? Rawr, you know what I mean? I am, um, on it, you know, I'm like, now I'm angry or I'm, um, or, or worse, I'm melting down. Do you know what I mean? It could go from one way. It can go from utter tears. I could, I, it, it can feel sometimes like, um, I'm going to die. And then sometimes it can feel like I want to kill somebody, you know, mm-hmm. it'll get when it's at its extreme. And then other times for me, and it's stressful for me because I deal with, um, you know, I, you know, I have medical issues and there's pain involved. And one of the things I realize is, um, that pain is a stressor. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I used to always just think of stress as things that were happening from the outside world to me. Do you know what I'm saying? And I didn't realize how much um, things like not having enough sleep is a stressor, things like, you know, me being in pain is a stressor, just little things like that um, in and of themselves may not seriously disrupt the flow of my day. But when they start to stack up and build and build and build, it makes me less available to be as effective when something big comes along. So mm-hmm. uh, I, one of the reasons why 
I think it's so important that we're doing this, how to manage stress episodes, like the promise of being able to manage stress and being able to work that is because in order to get forward in life, the idea that I, I used to have this thing where I thought I was going to, if I, if I felt stress, I was doing it wrong, which I now know is not the truth. You know, the promise is if I learn to deal with stress, I can take on bigger challenges and get where I want to go in life. Um, if I, as a person who has a brain that runs a little worried, a lot of worried actually, and, and sad, if I spend my life avoiding stress, I will make my life smaller and I won't get all the joy and happiness and good fortune that I really want in this world. And so I really want to learn how to manage my stress. And it ties so closely to that emotional intelligence episode that we did last week, which I think is great that we're doing these back to back because managing that, like I now call, I call it that zing. Do you know what I mean? That zing of adrenaline, that hit of something where I, where I feel that, ah, you know what I mean? Like learning to work in that space and be effective in that space, I think will allow me to be active instead of reactive and go out in the world. And I mean, I think I say this in every episode, it's going to get me what I want. Like flat mm -hmm. out, I get what I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is that. I, and I think too, I was the same. I thought, well, managing stress meant that I would never be stressed ever. If I could manage it, I would never be stressed again. Nothing would ever bother me. And that just isn't, <laughs> that's just not realistic. Uh, but in, um, you know, starting this kind of positivity work and trying to just change my outlook, I feel like I have certainly been able to find ways to manage stress so that I can still be getting things done and still be feeling productive and fulfilled. But I find as well, being able to manage stress and accomplish things for me adds just like a little bit of sweetener, I think, to the sense of accomplishment. Because it's it's that this sense of, um, you know, if it's like a bigger project or something that's kind of big, there's just the idea of like, oh, I just did that thing. But then if it's also kind of a, there's like the stress added to it, it just feels like a little bonus, like, oh, I really did this thing. I don't, I don't know if that's, that's weird. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but stress, what I recognized um, this week, because again, I'm, I'm on this uh, special project right now that is all stress all the time is I'm living in a space that is like 95% what I, what we've talked about, the good stress that's just pushing me like forward to be able to do the next thing. So every time I scratch something off of my list, it's like, a, oh yeah, man, I did that. And it's really having this sense of accomplishment. But then I, of course, jump right back into the stress loop with the the next thing that I need to do. But what I'm recognizing then this week is my stress is related to feeling vulnerable, um, particularly with this project that I feel like I've I've never done anything quite this big before. And so, there, you know, the fear of failure <laughs> is real high, um, which puts me in a very vulnerable kind of state. But the stress is actually working in my favor because it just helps me. It just pushes me forward to just, I can't, I, I have to focus on something and I'm not going to focus on the vulnerability because that'll just make me again, 
want to stay home and not get out of bed. So I focus on the, the, like, I don't know, maybe not focus on the stress, but there's a piece of like, I just need to get this one more thing done. Okay, great. Now I just need to get this other thing done. That is what's pushing me uh, forward. And, you know, as we talked about, I kind of have this, it'll be over in a week and a half. (laughs) And so it's like this idea of the eye and the prize is helping to, um, you know, manage the stress of this current, my current circumstances. And what's interesting is you, you bring up the week and a half. And one of the things I'm starting to realize is the stress of a deadline has a tremendous ability to focus me and uh, a stress where I should be doing something, but there's not a particular time. So I just feel the general, what I call dread of days rolling by where I don't do what I'm supposed to do. And then I'm watching television or some weird YouTube video and time just keeps ticking by (laughs) as I feel worse and worse and worse. And, uh, you know, and that's sort of like a, um, a version of stress that has a tendency to um, be less than productive, let's just say. Uh, I don't enjoy the rest and I don't enjoy the work until mm-hmm. I get up against a deadline or my life starts to unravel more and more and more. And then, you know, many tears and um, possibly, uh, I mean, sometimes a crisis just blows up so big, suddenly you don't, like, I mean, you could burn down your apartment and then you don't have to vacuum. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes a crisis <laughs> is so large. <laughs> You no longer have set tasks to do, but that's not exactly what I would call an effective way uh, to manage my stress. And so I've been reading a lot more because the problem is at the point where you're stressed, if there is no plan in place on how to manage the stress, it's harder to enact said solution in the moment right? Mm-hmm. Like it took me several goes around and it still takes me quite a bit of go around to remember that when I haven't gotten everything done, not to get in my mind about, oh, so that just, you know, when, when I start to literally add to my stresses and I read this book and you and I've talked about it before. And I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but it's a really great book um, by, uh, she's a PhD, Kelly McGonigal called The Upside of Stress. And the idea mm-hmm. behind it is that if we tell ourselves that stress is good, our brains will literally pump out better chemicals that help us deal with the stressor. But if we tell ourselves it's bad, our chem- our brain will actually pump out like cortisol and other different chemicals to try and get us to stop. <laughs> and so I realized why I kept having like meltdowns, like mini meltdowns in my mind. I mean, not all of them were public, only one very public, very embarrassing one. Uh, and the rest were done in the privacy of my car and home, you know, like a grown up, Brianna. Um, <laughs> but I realized what was promoting those, uh, <laughs> those breakdowns was my inability to view stress as a good thing. I had believed that, you know, the stress is killing me. It's something to be avoided. And, 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 and it wasn't my fault that I believed that because there were literally doctors and, you know, Newsweek articles and different things telling us that stress is going to kill you. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to drive up your blood pressure. All those things true. But in this book, they talk about the science behind stress. And actually all that zingy feeling that I get is my body pumping out chemicals to help me meet the day. And if Mm -hmm. I tell myself in the mind, because one of my biggest stressors for me was I was in several car accidents, the last of which caused me to have quite a bit of recovery time and sort of change the trajectory of my life. And as a result, I had a lot of incredible amounts of anxiety, like just downright terror in the car. 
And how I decided finally to get rid of that was I became a driving instructor, which I've mentioned on this podcast before. And so I started reading this book because I wanted to be able to deal with that stress, you know, and I wanted to deal with it effectively because um, the idea was, Brianna, that I was going to go, I was going to melt down. It would be a horrible, it would be like a hilarious comedy bit. And then I would move on and I'd be able to tell people, listen, I tried so hard to get rid of this anxiety I have that I even signed up to be a driving instructor and I had a meltdown and it's terrible and it's impossible. But what happened was it started to work. And then I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll just go through the training, you know, and then I'll quit and they'll pay me to get over my car fear. But then it started to happen that I was starting to feel guilty about that because that's, um, you know, not that cool. (laughs) And I also started to think, no, no, I think I might make a really good driving instructor. And then I became a part-time driving instructor for like Mm -hmm. a year until COVID, Mm -hmm. until COVID. I even got like promoted to another company, you know, making more money. Um, Mm -hmm. And after COVID, I may even go back because it was such a stressful feeling for me to be into. But instead of thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. And and nobody's going to be able to help me. I even told this to other people I was teaching was to tell myself, and I learned it from the book, that that zingy feeling is my body pumping chemicals into my uh, nervous system and my body to make me more alert, the ability to react even faster. And so this feeling of stress that I'm getting, this zing, I decided to call it a zing instead of stress, is my, you know, it's increasing the neuroplasticity in my brain. I'm going to learn things faster. I'm going to react faster. I'm going to be sort of my own, um, I don't know if you remember this, but it's the, my brain always visualizes the, was it the 10 million or the 5 million or the million dollar man, you know, no, 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 no. Do you remember that? Yeah, the $6 million man. That's right. We can rebuild him. So it's the better, faster, you know, no, 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 no. I'll be able to grab that wheel so you don't steer us into that semi, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to die in this car today kind of feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would even tell my students that I'm like that zing, that part where it feels really horrible. That's you learning. It's a good thing. Don't even sweat it. That's how this goes. And and I was saying that to them so that I would know it. And I really do. I really have found it helps even in the face of abject terror. Um, and it's not that I'm never afraid again. It's that I have something to do because I had that plan in advance. Mm-hmm. If I just waited until the panic was upon me, Brianna, I would have never gotten through that job. I would never even mm-hmm. think about going back to that job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to tell you that your reference to the $6 million man is the second one of that I've heard this week. <laughs> Whoa, there's something in the air. <laughs> so apparently Lee Majors is in the air this week, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Trending on Twitter has died, Lee Majors. Please. Oh, is he already, oh, is he, is he already I, gone? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I think, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is something definitely to, um, you know, the, the stress being able to help us prepare for the next, uh, the next stressful situation or being helping us to be ready for and ready to, you know, to react. I think um, for me, working under stress I what I find is I'm actually able to learn more which is so weird Um, but this week and thinking about how um, you know the reason I was at the beginning of the week maybe struggling a little bit with stress until I kind of recognize that I'm stressed because of the vulnerabilities you know feeling vulnerable is I remember that um, 
one of the kind of mantras or phrases that I use um, or, or developed was it's all about learning. And, you know, on the surface of it, it's like, oh, I just like to learn stuff, which is true. You know, I love a good book and taking a class. But really, that was developed um, to remind myself that it's okay to try things and be a little stressed out about an uncertainty and try things and make a mistake and then learn that way. So I developed that on my first trip abroad. And I was like, well, I was so nervous right before I left that I almost didn't go because I was just like, I don't think I can handle the uncertainty of, you know, of this. And then I thought, no, <laughs> this is something I've waited for a really long time. So I'm just going to go into it knowing that I'm going to potentially make some mistakes and I'm going to learn from those. And, you know, we've obviously we've talked about it before. Our first episode was messy and perfect. Perf- the, this feeling of needing to be perfect or do things perfectly is a huge stressor uh, for me. And one in the past that's been, you know, the kind of led to that more unhelpful sense of stress. And it's over time that I've realized, well, and by time, I mean, in the last couple of years, I feel like that I've just really recognized that I'm going to do my best regardless. And so if my best, you know, falls short in some way, I need to learn from that and then do it better, do it better, do it differently next time. And that like that idea or that thought process or, or approaching it in that way um, has been a pretty significant or really significant stress reliever when I, when I, maybe not stress reliever, I will say has helped me look at that stress differently. Now it's a, I'm going into this thing, it's uncertain, I'm really stressed out, but I'm going to use that in some way to like get through this situation, but then make sure then too that I'm learning from it, pulling whatever learning or um, lessons need to come out of it. Yes, because um, it's so true. It, it, it's oh, there's so much to cover there. I just keep thinking about you know it. Stress is is just a fact of life, and I used to. I really did. I mean, we've talked about it before, the bouncy hair commercial where you're just supposed to just sail through life with bouncy hair and jogging without sweating and you just <laughs> never, do you know what I mean? And I just felt like if I was feeling, and I feel, you know, and especially as a kid who felt really anxious a lot, do you know what I mean? I, I just, I, I was afraid of, you know, fun, um, clouds, fair, Ferris wheels, uh, people, um, <laughs> everything. And I just thought inherently that I was always wrong. But one of the things I didn't realize at the time was that I was very good at fighting against it. Like I would always try anyway. And I came from a family where, um, you know, they weren't as stressed as I was, but they didn't, and they weren't cruel about it, but they didn't baby me. They didn't allow me to um, like not try. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was always, okay, we would always start off with, and it wasn't like they didn't say, you've got to go out there and see these fireworks. I would just want to be with my family because there was this sort of can-do attitude and they were all uh, much braver than I am. I am. I'm the sensitive of the Murphys, Brianna. And, um, mm-hmm. but it would always, this is my impression of 4th of July every year. Uh, me going, thinking it's going to be great. And then the beer drinking, you know, cause I was born in 
uh, South Florida. Um, and I was just like, did you ever see the first 10 seasons of cops there? <laughs> and um, so <laughs> the drinking would start as it, it, and as the, you know, the drink drinking would start in the, in the daytime before the, you know, the explosives came out. Right. And then the drinking had been into drunkenness by the time it got dark. And so, you know, it wasn't just watch this well-planned fireworks by fireworking professionals, Brianna. It was, yeehaw! You know what I mean? Like, we're going to make fireworks right here next to this truck, let's just say. Right. And uh, this all heightened my feelings of stress, let's just say. And so my parents would be like me just trying to stick it out, you know, like, and then my parents going, do you want to wait in the car, Christy? And I'd be like, yes! You know I mean? like, <laughs> but I will say that I'm, I'll always thank like that sort of group that I grew up in, my family unit, for providing an environment where it was comfortable for me to try often and um, try first, retreat later, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I, but now I'm like, well, I'm a grown up person. Like, uh, and I've also I live in Los Angeles, which is land of we make fireworks uh, right outside of our house, so I can get. I mean, like professional grade fireworks, I could see from my window. Uh, we recorded an episode on Fourth of July, if you remember, <laughs> or the week yeah. before or something, and it was a uh, rocket red glare out there. Uh, so I don't even have to leave my house mm -hmm. to see that kind of thing. But I will say, you know, what gets in the way of me managing my stress is the way I look at stress. Mm -hmm. I uh, I looked at it as a bad thing. Another thing is I always was constantly dealing with like telling myself what should be instead of dealing with what is. Mm. I get yeah. so wrapped up in the injustice and I still do this wrapped up in the injustice on why I should even be dealing with this, that I don't <laughs> deal with this. <laughs> oh, wow. That opens up a lot. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, um, yeah, that you, there's that. And then the, also for me too, is the, maybe the story I'm telling myself, not about the stress, but about the situation. So it's usually that thoughts aren't facts, you know, Ooh. piece that I have to come back to. And, you know, particularly, we, you know, as an example, the conversation I had with this coworker, as I'm having the conversation and immediately after, I'm telling myself all kinds of things about the reason why, you know, she behaved or communicated in the way she did. And what I had to really quickly recognize is I don't actually know that any of that's true. That's just my impression. Ultimately, I was in a conversation. I was asked a question. I answered it. And if I, I could have left it there, I made the choice to keep going. I made the choice to kind of embroil myself in that stressful situation. And so I had to step back and just really look at it to say, okay, what was stressful about it? Why did you keep doing it? Or why did you stay in the situation? And what, you know, what can you do differently next time? But a big piece of it is I let myself kind of, I wasn't present enough to recognize that I had started telling myself a story and then just kind of fell into this, you know, stress trench. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, but I do feel like one of the ways that I end up getting in kind of the, you know, the more negative, stressful state 
is when I'm not paying attention to what's going on around me. And certainly when I'm not paying attention to how I feel. And I think you said it, it's like this low, you know, maybe a low level discomfort that you're not paying attention to. And then until all of a sudden you're like close to tears or close to the breakdown and you kind of lift your head up and it's like, wait, what's happening here? And I think my body and potentially, you know, my brain even is probably giving me signals that I'm just ignoring. And then all of a sudden I'm so far into it that I'm, you know, being a kind of a unkind person or a jerk. I don't really think I'm a jerk, but just definitely not. I call it being a jerk in my mind. (laughs) Sure. Exactly. I've been a jerk in my mind. Um, And it's because I have not been paying attention. Yeah, I I totally know that one. I uh, it, it's particularly with me in pain because one of the ways that I deal with the pain is at a certain level of pain, it's easier for me to just not focus on that pain um, because then sometimes it fades. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a great technique. But other times, if I push the pain away and um, it's mounting slowly, but I don't acknowledge it in the way of oh, I don't know. You know, there are solutions available to me, like such as taking you know. Um, uh, you know, ibuprofen or some type of, you know, anti-inflammatory. There are medications that I can take. I just try to, uh, there's some breathing I can do. There's some, you know, uh, drinking glass of water. Oh, how about not standing on that ankle that hurts? You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe sit down, maybe stop working. Or I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but there are times I am not one of these people that adapts my environment quickly to me. I adapt quickly to in my environment, AKA, how does that look? That sometimes looks like my first option is to change me instead of what's around me. And that's not always the most effective way to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it comes from, it doesn't matter where it came from, but I'm a quick, you know, I just adapt. But sometimes I adapt to things that I didn't have to adapt to. Example, I have literally sat in an office chair that is the wrong height for me for years. <laughs> do, do you know, like years, Brianna. <laughs> And, and and believe it or not, that is a stressor. Like, why does my neck hurt? Your your monitor is too low. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are things that I just a friend of mine. Well, you know him. He was in the first um, uh, positivity fest with us. You know, uh, Corey. Corey and I were talking about how his his girlfriend was telling him at the time, "Why are you standing awkwardly?" You know, at the sink to wash the dishes, and he's and it's like he realized he's stepping over a towel that fell. <laughs> And she's like, why didn't you just pick up the towel? And I was like, dude, that's so me. Uh-huh. Like, and <laughs> so it's just like, it would have been so much easier to just move the towel. Uh-huh. I mean, when I was really young and in my 20s, I'm not as bad as it anymore. But there were times when like the light bulb went out in a somewhat difficult um <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. light fixture. And so I just stopped using that room, Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> oh <What>? my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> it took me a while to be like, what's wrong with you? But the, <laughs> but the truth of the matter oh. is I just don't consciously make that choice. Like I just mm-hmm. don't realize I'm doing it. I'm just like, I mean, it wasn't until somebody actually said, I was like, they're like, there's no light in here. How do you get in here? And I was like, oh, I don't go in there that much. They're like, you just don't use the room. And I started thinking, oh, sh- 
<laughs> yeah, I guess not. Not at night, anyway. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's not like I had. You know, I've always lived in large apartments, Brianna. So it was a significant living change. Oh boy! So pay attention. You know, um, and sometimes it's like it, it takes more time sometimes to rush, and mm-hmm. sometimes it takes less time to change your circumstances than it does to change you. Some people mm-hmm. defar- default to one or the other, so, or, or maybe at different times, it's not necessarily, but sometimes you default to changing the circumstances. People think everything around them has to change before it can change. And then there's, you know, sometimes you think I have to change first before anything can change. And it's like, eh, you know, no, you can get a, you can get a light bulb. You can move the monitor. You can even choose to have a different group of friends. You can quit your job. It's not always... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm change everything about me you know I mean? mm-hmm. before I can live a life, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh man. I just picture like those, those Gothic stories where it'd be like, you can go anywhere in the house, but not in this room. <laughs> yes. The light bulb has cursed us all. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just dark in there. Oh my goodness. There. <laughs> I feel like now I don't, all I can focus on is the, the dark room and <laughs> oh goodness. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I think that, um, sorry, I'm trying to get my train of thought back. <laughs> there is that sense that comes from waking up uh, to you know, so maybe I've not been very present and I'm, I've been kind of the frog in the boiling water and not noticing how the stress is coming, coming, coming until it's boiling. And now I'm, you know, having some sort of, you know, moment. Um, I think that, um, if I can, I think that I learn if I, I tend to learn from those moments, unfortunately, more, <laughs> which is not a great is not necessarily the greatest. And I will say in my earlier years, I feel like it took me getting to the boiling point to really recognize that something was going on. And now I am trying to along the way be a little more cognizant sooner of how am I feeling and, and some, you know, that idea of like something's just not right. And it, it is that sense of, um, you know, being able to, to, to be present or be aware so you can kind of look around and figure out what is going on. Is it the towel on the floor? Is it the light bulb that's out? Is it sometimes it's just like, am I hungry? Am I tired? Um, or sometimes it truly is. I am so frustrated or stressed out by you know, some, some thing that I actually, you know, part of the challenge as well is when you end up getting stressed out about something you don't actually have a lot of control over. Those can be really challenging because you can't just pick up the towel or put the light bulb in or eat something or go take a nap, but you have to figure out a way to, you know, use the, the strategies that you've come up with to deal with this thing that's much bigger than you. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I do talk about that circle of influence, circle of concern. 
And still that, that I feel like sometimes when I talk about it comes off as if I'm just like, oh, well, I can't do anything about it. Tra la 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 la. Um, no, <laughs> it still holds a significant concern. I just have to figure out how am I going to manage like the kind of the stress that bubbles up when I think about those things, because otherwise it's going to prevent me um, from being effective within any kind of sphere or circle or opportunity or circumstance that I have. Yes. It's like, I mean, a primary stressor in our lives right now is, you know, we're recording this at the time of the COVID pandemic, you know, um, I always like to talk about that because I like to imagine, not like to talk about COVID, but mention that this is at this time. So it's just in case uh, I would like to believe that maybe somebody would listen to this even years from now. Um, Mm -hmm. But that is one of our stressors that we're dealing with. And one of the things that I can't control is other people's behavior. And I, uh, I was having a real hard time with that at the beginning of this. And I think one of the keys to dealing with stress is one, to acknowledge it, to see that it's happening. And two, for me to keep my self out of the place of what should be and dealing with what is. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I go into what I think should happen and what should be happening, I'm not necessarily going to emerge in a more productive or less stressed state. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That that road doesn't get me where I want to go. And me constantly um, talking about it is actually feeding um, not the more positive parts of my brain. So I'm not pumping out <laughs> the best chemicals. I'm not, you know what I mean? I can, you can genuinely feel when you feel energized and when you feel depleted. And it was starting to really deplete me. I was in a more harried state the more I thought about it, the more I worried about it. And then I just decided that I was going to focus on, you know, myself, what it is I can do, the behaviors I can change and uh, just work hard within my sphere of influence. And you know, that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy doing this podcast, because it gives me at least an opportunity to present the point of view that taking a positive view can genuinely change what goes on in my circle of influence. You know, I'm mm-hmm. really, uh, I do know that this is a hard time for a lot of other people, and I do know that it is indeed a stressful time for all of us. Um, however, during this time, um, you know, one of the very easy tools for me to use is to use that gratitude tool. I do think that me taking time to count my blessings and look for opportunities within what's happening um, that I'm lucky enough to have uh, is definitely helping me get through this. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I really am leaning into the gratitude piece and leaning into that sphere of influence concept where, you know, um, one of the things I tell myself is, you know, it's not for me, my choice is that I'm not eating out in restaurants, even if they are outside. I'm not doing that. I'm, you know, doing the takeout and I'm doing, you know, eating at home. But what that affords me is I'm doing that every other day diet. And what a better time for me to go on a diet and lose weight. Because one, it's going to take me, um, I'm hoping to just get back to overweight, Brianna, because mm-hmm. technically I'm obese, but I know people are now picturing, you know what I mean? Um, like nutty professor version of me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just a, just a, regular fat middle-aged woman. Do you know what I mean? I'm just standardly fat. Uh, and it, you know, it's not, you know, I don't have problems walking. I'm not in a scooter. I know I do have problems walking, but I'm not in a scooter. That to me is my ghost of Christmas future, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to avoid said scooter if I can, uh, which I will. 
And what what a better time than when every restaurant is closed and there's you know you know you ever go on a diet it's like uh, suddenly there's free cake and there's birthdays every day at work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just like uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about how much the uh, how much how many calories are in what type of drink this New Year's like none of that's mm-hmm. happening. You know what I mean? So um, you know, would I rather there be cakes and uh, parties? Sure, of course I would, but there isn't. So for me. So I'll look at the opportunity to be like, hey, what a great time for me to, you know, lean into uh, getting healthier mm-hmm. and being on a diet. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, there is that sense that, um, you know, when we talk about taking the positive view, we've talked, you know, I feel like every time we bring it up, we talk about we're not just saying again, that nothing, you know, stressful or challenging things aren't going to happen. And we're not saying take that um, attitude as if, you know, you see the, you see the stressful thing, and then you're just kind of uh, ignoring it, you know, like looking straight at the, the, the train coming at you. And you're like, Oh, no, everything's fine. (laughs) The world is great. It's not that. uh, But it is you know, when we talk about how to manage stress and using the positive outlook for that is it's exactly what you said. It's finding the thing for each, you know, and it's going to be different for each of us, finding those things that help us. Now I feel bad talking about the train, but (laughs) find those things that help us see the train and have enough space around the stress of that to be able to take some action. And that for me has been the biggest piece is just getting a little space so that I can see, okay, yep, I'm really, really stressed out right now, but what can I do about it? And I think, you know, I've had people in my life along the way that have just shared things with me that I just am really grateful for. I know when I first started out in nursing, I would just get so like at the beginning of my shift, just get so stressed by this pile of stuff that you just have to do. And so I would just kind of like bounce from thing to thing and, and always, you know, the stress just piling up because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not feeling like I'm getting any tasks accomplished. I'm not doing this or that. And I had a colleague who said, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but essentially said, if you don't lose, lose your head, if you don't use your head, you're going to use your feet. Meaning, if you don't take a minute to think about what you need to do, if you don't take that breath to get a plan in place, you're just going to be running all day because you're not going to have, you're, you're just not productive, right? And that has stuck with me even since I came away from the bedside. But it's like, if I don't take a moment at the beginning of my day to and when i talk about stress for me right now in particularly it's primarily related to work so if i don't take that moment um 5 10 maybe even 15 minutes to kind of plan out my day or maybe even the next two days all week is is i don't want to say it's all ruined but all week i'm just bouncing around and all that does is create a significantly more amount of stress for me until I get to the end of the week and I've got, you know, I've got nothing left and all I can do is kind of like come home and 
put something on TV and just kind of like stare <laughs> this blank stare at the television because both mind, body, and spirit is just kind of like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> we were done like two days ago. You just weren't paying attention. <laughs> It's interesting. I know what you mean because sometimes, um, you know, my work stress is, you know, I'm a writer and I publish. And uh, there was a period of time where I was really pushing myself to, you know, put out books faster. Because one, I had fans waiting for the books, you know, readers who are waiting for the books. And two, I wanted all the money, right? And um, mm -hmm. what happened was I got so caught up in needing to get it done, needing to get it done, that I did get it done, but I eventually just burnt out. And mm -hmm. I've been reading, I'm not reading, I've been listening to some podcasts and watching some videos with an interesting guy who, um, one of the books I read a while ago was on, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the, the author's name was Carol Dweck though. She wrote two books, one on sort of, um, I think it's like discipline or something like that. And then another book on um, like growth mindset and what that means. And that some people have more of a fixed mindset, which is something that I actually have to admit that I have. I'd like to have believed I was a growth mindset person. But when I actually looked at some of our examples, they were talking about people who looked at, I was always looking for where I might fail and look bad. And that isn't mm -hmm. a growth mindset. That is the, if I don't get this right, then everybody will think that I'm nothing. You know what I mean? If I get this wrong, then everybody will think I'm a wrong person. And I relate, like, I'm, I take my work a little too personally, if you know what I'm saying. And it's hard for me because uh, my work, even when I work, I mean, I, I had a job where I was working as a cashier in a parking lot and I was writing books on the side. And the idea that somebody might think that I'm a bad parking lot cashier really would bother me. I mean, I did, I won employee of the month, Brianna. Um, mm -hmm. And that means a lot to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like, I guess, yes, yes, you're a 40 something year old woman wearing a name tag. And I, but if I'm going to do the job, I want to do a good job. And so I think some of that is good, but I am not only valued when I'm getting it right. Mm -hmm. I, I have this weird thing where I believe that if I get it wrong or I'm not perfect or I'm worse, uh, falsely accused or judged of being not good at something, that it is like a direct, a direct reflection of my own actual worth in the world and who I am. And that mm -hmm. is a very fixed mindset. A growth mindset has more to do with me acknowledging that me putting the effort forth to do a good job is what makes me doing a good job. It's not the result. It's the effort and um, the uh, the integrity I have about wanting to do a good job. And it, one is external and the other one is internal. Um, and I had started off when I was young as a person who just liked to learn and you know, win things. I wanted, if there was a spelling bee, I wanted to win it. If there was a contest, I wanted to win and I, and I love to compete. But after a while, it just turned into people expecting me to be the best all the time. And if mm. I wasn't, then who was I? And mm. I think that led to, and it has continues to lead to a lot of undue stress, me constantly worrying about, um, you know, what people are thinking about what it is, the work I'm doing, instead of realizing I can get it wrong the success is in the trying and each time it's an opportunity for me to get better. And a growth mindset says that each time I go to bat, I'm becoming a better batter regardless as to whether or not every time I swing, it's a home run. Mm. That is really, 
that is really important and really helpful to be reminded of. And it actually makes me think of um, one of the ways that I, I definitely deal with stress is humor. And it's usually kind of a facetious, sarcastic, internal dialogue that I'm having with myself to, you know, just to try to lighten it up. But I'm that in particular makes me think of, you know, all those years ago when we worked together, we were talking about some of these same things and how to be positive. And, and we talked about, um, you know, our tendency to place our, you know, place our self-worth in the same, same kind of bin as our performance. And (laughs) we talked about, we came up with that phrase, what if this is good enough? And I just remember thinking, you know, when we did it, like, all right, well, I mean, I'll try it, but that doesn't feel, (laughs) I don't know that I love that. For sure. But I will tell you for sure, I use that now. And it it always has this tinge of like facetiousness behind it, you know, like, a, well, what if this is good enough? <laughs> and it just, it just helps every single time I can actually feel it. Like I, I call like the, from my, you know, the top of my head to my shoulders is like my stress triangle. <laughs> And so when I'm really stressed out, I'll, you know, usually again about my performance and something, um, whether that's personal or professional, but just how I'm doing, so to speak, if I, you know, have the space to be able to just say, look, in this moment, I have done the very best that I can. And again, going back to that idea, like if it's not good enough, I, I will learn from it to be able to do it better next time. And then it usually is like, what if this is good enough? <laughs> you know, um, And then, you know, the stress triangle kind of lightens up a little bit. And then there's an internal chuckle and I feel like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Even if I'm working in a, like more of a positive stress kind of mindset, just even having that little bit of a release is really helpful. And then I feel like, um, lets me kind of put whatever I need to get out into the world out there and just be okay with it and be okay with the outcome. And I'll be honest, there are times when I am saying that, knowing full well that whatever I'm kind of saying will be okay if whatever it is is good enough, I'm in secretly like, but it better be perfect. <laughs> but, but the kind of the even if I'm like a fake it until you make it on the you know it doesn't have to be perfect um just lightens up that perfect (laughs) but I hope it's perfect um lightens up that stress so that I can obviously feel better but if I need to you know keep working or keep doing things or just being a human in the world it just takes that stress away and I am you know it's it's those types of things that make the stress manageable. Yes. I, one of the things that makes it easier for me to like, one of the hardest things sometimes for me is to start working on the solution, especially, or working Mm -hmm. on the project that is looming is this need to just get it right. 
And eventually what happens is as the deadline approaches, I end up having to just go to get it done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the, the, um, as much as I'm trying to be less, um, I'm trying to be less externally motivated and being more mm-hmm. internally motivated. As much as I say that there is this need to want to be great, you know, um, mm-hmm. in the eyes of other people, not just in my own eyes, because, you know, my own eyes don't count Brianna. Um, they do, <laughs> but you know, in my mind, it's like, but all must recognize. Um, <laughs> nobody's even you're in a room alone you're a writer nobody's gonna see anything um but uh one of the deals is by me just saying what if this is good enough you know what i mean it leads or just well listen we're just gonna do this and then we can fix it later it Mm -hmm. it lowers the stakes enough for me to just start do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then once I'm in it, I'm in it usually, you know, and then, and then until it's, it's sort of like, I feel like a kid who just is now starting to like, is learning to ride their bike, you know what I mean? Without the steering wheel. And then the, you know, your dad or your mom or somebody lets go and you're fine until you notice they're not. And you're like, ah, you know, and then you crash. I feel like mm-hmm. that's me sometimes dealing with external versus internal motivation. It's me going, see, look, I'm totally internally motivated. That means everybody's going to think I'm great. Ah, crash. Not again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like. You know, it's something I'm still maneuvering. Um, but, and, and the reason why I mentioned the stuff I was listening is there's a guy who worked with Carol Dweck, who wrote the growth mindset book um, called um, uh, is Dr. Andrew Huberman. And I've been listening to a lot of his stuff, you know, and he's been on a lot of other podcasts. So if you're a podcast person, you can look him up and he's got tons of episodes. But one of the things that he says that can help you um, build that good stress is the positive, not just positive self-talk, but telling yourself and showing yourself that no matter what you're getting done, that you're on the right track, because that will actually mitigate the hormones and chemicals in your body in some science way, right? Go ahead, listen mm-hmm. to him talk about it. But there's um, insert science magic, right? And you'll have more energy to keep going. And I've been playing said science magic experiment all week. And um, that's what helped me with the walking this week on the second time, the second try was I didn't beat myself up about it. And I was like, no, you're on the right track. You're on the right track, but you just miscalculated how much you can do. Um, Take a step back with all the steps you're trying to take literally and figuratively. And, you know, just tell yourself you're on, you're on the right track, Christy. You're trying to uh, become a more active person again. And everybody's got to start somewhere. And this is where you're starting and you're doing it. You're really doing it. You woke up within the first hour of being awake. Um, And that's another thing he talks about is to help regulate your sleep, which is also a good foundation for stress management, Um, getting uh, sunlight uh, or any kind of bright light, but particularly sunlight in your eyes for at least two minutes within an hour of waking up, which I decided to combine with my walking uh, without sunglasses can, unless your eyes eyes hurt, of course, and sunglass away, um, can genuinely help regulate your sleep. Also looking at the sun when it's going down, like getting some sunset light uh, can genuinely help you. And I've got to say, I've been trying it all week and it has been tremendously helpful. Hmm. Those are really good. Um, those are really good tips and techniques for managing that stress. I think um, I particularly appreciate that making that distinction between, um, you know, looking at your stressful situation as something that you are able to handle or something that's, if not positive, at least looking at it positively to be able to um, work through it. I think um, that that just is, you know, one of the things that I do is 
especially when the stress is really high is I have to, t- I have to like kind of take an inventory and, and say, so do I have looking back at the evidence, do I have evidence that I have succumbed to, you know, insert whatever situation I, um, I may be in or kind of thought process or patterns that I'm kind of, that are stressing me out. And usually the answer is no. And so then it is, it becomes this idea of like, well, if I could handle that, I can handle this. So let's just kind of put one foot in front of the other and move forward. And so it's usually when I get to that piece, I'm like, ooh, (laughs) I'm real stressed. And then it becomes just taking a look at, okay, what's this thing I can do? You know, what's the very next thing I can do? And it's just that one foot in front of the other that it kind of starts me at least walking. And then before I know it, whatever was stressing me out is either over uh, or I've worked through it enough um, that I can have a little bit of space to pull in a couple other techniques. So maybe it is, um, okay, so I've pulled a little space and now I, I recognize, oh man, I'm really, I'm really in it. So uh, another one for me is just doing a few, um, sometimes it's just a few seconds of deep breathing that allow, again, allows just, just a pause in whatever kind of physical stress, mental stress. Um, it just allows that little bit of space to start thinking, to start down on a track of thinking differently and being able to see options and opportunity versus just like that hole of like, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in something that I uh, can't get out of. Yes. And it's so funny that you would say, put one foot in front of the other, because we were talking about this, that, uh, and definitely uh, there's a, I told you about that mouse experiment that this guy, Dr. Andrew Huberman from Stanford was talking about, about, uh, you know, the movement of like anxiety and stress and how the person who's actually able to uh, put, literally have more movement, like more steps forward, it under stress, like moving forward is actually going to win. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. the difference between people who thrive under stressful situations and those that lock up is the ones that move forward. Anyway, if you definitely, definitely, if you listen to him, he'll, he tells on several podcasts, the, the, uh, the mice in a tube situation where they're mm-hmm. battling it out to see who's going to be the victor or something. But forward motion is the key there. He literally says, um, and it's funny because they say in a lot of recovery programs and 12-step programs uh, that you have to act your way into right thinking. And one mm-hmm. of the ways that you can actually effectively deal with stress, and the, there's even a couple of guys who wrote the, the psychologist who wrote the books, the book called The Tools, they talk about visualizing uh, you walking through the stress and, and, and mm-hmm. walking through your problems and conquering it like this stress makes me stronger. And, um, but Huberman takes it one step further and actually says the reason why rapid eye movement techniques work and helping people heal from, uh, from trauma is that when you walk forward, your eyes see like in the periphery, um, things going by and literally that triggers, um, that triggers like the better hormones in your body and helps you literally mitigate um, the sort of overload that you can have 
from stress. And so mm-hmm. literally just getting up and walking and letting things go by you can help you manage like particularly like stressful situations that's sort of mounting in a way that's going to be less than productive. And then another tool he had that I've been using all week is the telling yourself that you're on the right path and you're on the right path. Um, like literally, even if I haven't gotten as much done as I wanted, I always want to tell myself I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. Mm-hmm. I'm getting closer. Um, and so like imagining that forward motion, you know, literally in that just getting up and walking anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, I just walk mm-hmm. from my, <laughs> of course I watch toward, walk towards the kitchen. The fridge is there, Brianna, um, <laughs> you know, walk to that fridge and walk back. Even if I don't, you know, sometimes I just gaze into there, you know, for the relief. I don't know why I need to just, just gaze, gaze into the horizon of the refrigerator. Uh, also looking at the horizon, by the way, is legit a way to help relieve stress. If you, um, a lot of times when you're trying to create focus, you want to pinpoint focus. So you want to narrow your visual field. But if you open up your visual field by looking at a horizon, that can relieve stress. Uh, and so I really love that guy's book. And then you talked about breathing. I've been trying to read this book about breath and so far, it's a, it's really long and it's intricate, but the, the main message I've gotten is I've discovered that I'm a mouth breather, breather, and uh, that is not good. So uh, I'm trying to breathe through my nose more. I'll tell you how that works out. Okay. Well, that is, Something. those are good. <laughs> Just, yeah. I got so like stuck then all of a sudden in the mouth breathing. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, I do like, though, that you talked about uh, opening um, that idea of looking uh, at the horizon and that kind of opens things up. And uh, one of the things or in that idea of walking through stress or, or visualize yourself kind of walking through it, I think one of the other pieces that works uh, that helps me uh, is prayer. And particularly because it helps me feel connected to something bigger than myself, which then helps me get out of kind of that pinpoint or tunneled focus on just my stressful situation in that moment. So if I can, again, kind of widen my perspective and see that maybe whatever I'm going through even if it's challenging, that it's, it is definitely manageable. I'm not, I, it's hard kind of to explain how, how one, you know, how that, that sense of being connected to something bigger, exactly how that makes that relief, but it definitely helps me just get out of this super focused, especially if I can only focus on whatever this one stressful situation, situation or thing is because again I feel like what I want to be focused on is okay this is stressful how I want to be focused I want to be more solution focused and again not necessarily how am I going to stop this stress from happening because sometimes that's just not possible but how am I going to manage how am I going to manage this situation and I think I'm always looking for that sort of and when, you know, when, when things are stressful, I'm always looking for that sort of don't panic moment. Like, because <laughs> I feel that again, if I can just like see it, but not be consumed by it or not be kind of overcome, then I'm, then I'm going to be able to 
have enough space to figure my way out of it, or if I can't get out of it, to at least weather it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought up prayer because closely related to prayer is things like hypnosis and meditation. And uh, I hadn't realized, um, you know, I thought I was going to try and get myself hypnotized to get rid of my car fear. Uh, And then it was so expensive that I ended up just taking a Udemy course to teach myself how to hypnotize myself. So I was going to make tapes. (laughs) Um, But I did, and I never got around to making the car tape. I just did like a self I like wrote a script for myself to deal with um, just anxiety and procrastination. And I really believe it did help. And then now there's some YouTube videos that I started listening to. And it wasn't until, you know, uh, you know, uh, that Haberman, uh, Huberman rather guy um, th- was talking about that something like hypnosis can definitely help you. It's like an mm-hmm. interesting state of both concentration and relaxation that can really genuinely like he's a neuroscientist and he talks about how that can absolutely uh, like increase your learning curve. So like I've been listening to some uh, meditations uh, or rather hypnosis recordings about procrastination and I've gotten more done this week and whether or not that's really true or not, I like to think of it as like that sort of um, Dumbo and the magic feather. Like I'm fine with the magic feather as long as I get to fly. That's what I always say. And so I think that's actually, um, you know, for people who may, um, you know, have some sort of feelings about prayer, you know, look into something like meditation or hypnosis. And uh, then, you know, and all the solutions that we had, I think, can really help people manage stress. Because if you manage stress, you can have a bigger life and take on bigger, more exciting tasks and sort of lead an exciting and happy life where you get what you want. And But what can get in the way can be, you know, old habits, not realizing that you're even stressed, uh, you know, ideas that you have about the world, but things like forward motion and prayer and watching your breath and looking to change yourself or looking to change your surroundings, checking to see if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, utilizing humor or gratitude, um, looking at some light at the beginning part of the day or looking at the horizon, and also remembering that facts are not uh, I mean, thoughts are not facts is a really a good one. And I think all those things together can uh, really help us to manage stress and get us to lead sort of the life that we want. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that leads us right into our mission for the week. And that's just to pick, just pick one technique that we've discussed today or one that you've, you know, you've either been thinking about or, or read about or even have used. Just pick that one and practice it this week uh, and and just see how that feels. And we would love to hear from you, uh, your questions, your perspectives on the topics we discussed today or things that we've st- discussed in the past. You can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That is positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and next week's episode, we're going to talk about self-awareness. Uh, so that every episode, every new episode comes out on Mondays. Please take a moment to subscribe and rate and review the podcast. Uh, we're really grateful you're joining us, and we would appreciate you letting us know how we're doing. And uh, yeah, that's our show for today. I'm Christy Murphy. And I'm Brianna G. We'll talk soon. <laughs>